This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, everyone. We're back with another episode of the Go 24-7 podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. Hit the notifications bell for you when you know you need to know at least when we drop some new videos. We've got some good stuff coming out and a good one today. And if you're listening on podcasts, make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple or leave a review anywhere that you get your podcast. Uh, I'm with the big man himself, Glenn West. Glenn, you recovered from basketball last night to talk football today. Is that just where we're not even going to dive into basketball? Is that is that we, Are we okay with that? Yeah, I feel very comfortable saying we don't have to talk much about basketball for a little while, at least on the men's side. You know, when we get Dylan back in a couple days, uh, we can certainly talk about the undefeated uh, start for women's. But I don't really have much to much to say that I already hadn't been written for basketball. So exactly, glad we're talking some football. Yeah, football indeed. And there's been some news this week that's worthy of talking about uh, as we kind of roll in with this. Uh, John Emery returns. Um, you know, this was a decision that, you know, I was kind of perusing social media, Glenn, and it was one of those things where he's not really active necessarily. He's not one of the, you know, flashier guys on social media. But I know that you and Sonny had pointed to an earlier post in January that might have alluded then what we know now, and it's that he's returned. I know you put up a piece on uh, Thursday, as this podcast is coming out on Friday morning, about the impact on this. But I mean, this is a really, in my opinion, you cannot have enough horses in the stable especially in the SEC at the running back position? No, absolutely not. And I, I think, look, I wrote about it on our site uh, for Thursday. It's all free, so you guys can go check that out whenever you want. But, um, yeah, I, I just think that they're getting their most explosive back, uh, you know, returning for 2023. I think it's, um, you know, there's there's not much that needs to be said in terms of Emery's ability to break up, uh, to, to break plays open. Uh, he did it, you know, a number of times. I went into detail on it in the story, but I think at least five times he had you know, running rushes or catches of over 20 yards uh, as a rotational piece. Essentially, he was not a featured back uh, by any stretch in this uh, in this running back room in 2022. And I think there's um, a lot of avenues there to where he can have some success uh, next year. They can t- continue to expand his role. Um, I, I really like what Emory's doing here in terms of coming back and, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's another example, I think of a player who, um, you know, took a little while, I think, to get to buy into this new kind of culture, a new foundation that they're building here. Um, he, he could have made an easy decision and just hopped into the draft and, mm-hmm. and had good combine numbers and potentially been a late, you know, stash pick for somebody in the draft. Um, but he decided he wanted to come back and he wants to, uh, finish this thing off the right way, and uh, I think he did a uh, he made a really you know conscious choice to to come back and and potentially see his role expand next year in an offense that is returning a lot of its foundation, and I think that's another key uh, point here um, is that you know they have a lot of returning pieces on the offensive line. You're expecting those guys to continue to grow together, maybe open up some more running lanes consistently for your backs. Um, that was an area that they kind of did struggle with in 2022. I think everybody who watched 
uh, last season could see that there was uh, some inconsistencies in the run performance. And, you know, mm-hmm. when Jaden Daniels is your, your leading rusher with 900 and, you know, some 11 odd touchdowns, I mean, uh, you, you, you certainly want to get, you know, those backs a little bit more involved. And so Emory's going to be a big part of that. You mentioned returning pieces. And when I look at roster construction, not only at LSU, but around college football, Glenn, it's not often you see an entire room come back. And yep. especially today's age of portal and IL opportunities. I mean, look, all of these guys that we're going to talk about, you know, when we talk about this room could be getting time, maybe more significant time at other programs. Uh, what did you see throughout the season? Is this a chemistry thing? Is this group just really tight that says, hey, you know, we're willing to not have, you know, this guy could be the lead back this game. This guy could, you know, go off for 100 plus this game. It doesn't matter. We just want to win. Is that kind of the feeling of this room? Yeah, I think so to some degree. I also think um, running backs coach Frank Wilson probably played a role in getting Emory back. Um, you know, C- Frank Wilson has been a, a, a really just kind of model coach in terms of running backs and developing those guys. You know, he's the one that recruited Leonard Fournette. He got a bunch of these guys uh, in the you know, early 2010s on board, whether it's Odell Beckham or Jarvis Landry and uh, Tyron Matthew. You know, Frank Wilson really spearheaded a lot of those recruitments in state. And uh, he's always had really great running back rooms at LSU. And I think uh, you, you certainly see a scenario here where they return one of the deeper uh, rooms that they've ever had in terms of bodies. I mean, uh, when you got you know not only John Emery but Armani Goodwin, Noah Kane, uh, and Josh Williams all expected to be back and and competing for reps, it, it really you know kind of you, you you kind of get you know thrown back into the old days of Spencer Ware and uh, mm-hmm. you know Jeremy Hill and uh, Hilliard was uh, Kenny Hilliard and those guys all kind of shared a backfield for a couple of years there. Uh, before Hill really started to take off uh, towards the latter part of his career. But it kind of feels similar to that kind of room in terms of just the number of guys that are probably going to get some snaps and some reps uh, during this uh, during this next season. And uh, we'll see if they can continue to grow uh, as an offense. And certainly um, there's going to need to be a, a really, uh, you know, impact player. I think, you know, that you're going to have to watch is Josh Williams. He's going to come in, I think, is probably the – the lead dog quote unquote in terms of just uh guys that they they trust i think you know he kind of earned that spot last year for lsu and so uh how they fill up those spots around him those snaps around him with with emory and with kane and with uh you know hopefully a healthy armani goodwin uh is going to be really really interesting to see with emory i remember his recruitment coming out of high school i mean it was it's never been Glenn, a question of potential. I mean, this kid is was, you know, with the number one back in the country um, for several outlets. I mean, this is a guy that has been very, very well documented throughout the high school ranks. Uh, but, you know, and you can go on the board and you can see for a second or you can, you know, read different clippings. And it's been the inability to protect the football, especially in crucial times, that has plagued him. And I know Sonny said it's time to get out the uh, the old foam noodles and just start beating him as he, you know, goes through, through the row of guys, that drill. But, you know... What, in your opinion, is the potential of Emory? We saw in glimpses this year. I know you, you put an article. I mean, he had five plays of 20-plus yards or more this season. I mean, it's a guy with that big play potential. In your opinion, full strength. He's better taking care of the football. What is the potential for John Emory in this offense, you think? Yeah, I think you just kind of hit the nail on the head there is that if he can take care of the football, he can be a real uh, you know key piece to this offense and, and its growth uh, this offseason. I, I just really – 
Uh, you really like the talent there. Uh, I think he's proven that he can be a uh, kind of do it all back in terms of running out of the backfield and also catching passes back there. Um, how they continue to grow that chemistry between him and Daniels and, and really all these weapons they have coming back to them uh, is really what these next several months are going to be about. I mean, I remember, you know, kind of after that 2018, between the 2018-19 uh, offseason, I mean, Burrow was with those guys, you know, every day for several hours mm-hmm. uh, during school and, um, and and just building that chemistry because they realized that they had something special coming back. And I, you know, I'm not saying this team's going to be 2019 LSU offense, but they have potential here to really improve and, and I think be one of the premier offenses in the country next year. Um, and, you know, it, it, it starts with, you know, the growth up front with the offensive line. I think that's a huge part of all this. Um but that chemistry and that connection with these weapons is going to be really important. And Emory's are definitely going to be a big part of that. And, you know, when you get to the spring, you do run the risk, I think, of probably losing one of these guys. I mean, six, uh, six backs is a lot of backs to carry, you know, into the fall. Um, you could, you got Trey Holly, who's going to be an early enrollee here. He'll be the fifth scholarship back they have available to them this spring. Uh, and then you also have uh, Caleb Jackson, the Liberty magnet running back, uh, coming in uh, after the spring session as well. So that's potential of six guys. I mean, you know, you, you could certainly see them redshirting the freshmen and letting them grow for a year. But, um, yeah, I, I, I will be very curious to see what happens with this room uh, kind of as the spring uh, session goes. And uh, But there's no doubt that, that returning all this talent, um, you know, it, it sets yourself yourself up for some real market improvement for next year. It does, and we talked about with Sonny in, in the earlier week, earlier this week in the podcast about how you know a full off season of Jaden Daniels knowing the offense, being able to work with these guys. We've talked about receivers in that sense, but even the running backs. I mean, this is going to be something that is going to be. Uh, I think we're going to see pay dividends when we get to September, October, and November uh, in the season, which is is going to be here before we know it, Glenn. That, that's for sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As we kind of flip over, I mean, John Emery's a big addition in the running back room, or I should say coming back. That, that's, that's a big thing. But uh, about 24 hours ago, two days ago now, we got a tri- crystal ball kind of in for Omar Spates, a linebacker, um, former Oregon State, an all-Pac-12 selection that was trending towards LSU. Uh, Glenn, when you and I were talking right before we started recording today, I mean, it was one of those things where you'd – you really would like to feel like it was one of those things where the linebacker position, you'd love to add another body, another guy. And look, if this happens, I mean, I've watched a little bit of, you know, Spate's uh, film. He made an official visit to Alabama after going into the portal, then to LSU, kind of a surprise visit there. Uh, if this goes LSU's way, I mean, you're not only adding a quality body. I mean, this is a this is a good football player that you're bringing down to Baton Rouge. Yeah, I mean, look, he – uh, played for four years in the Pac-12. He's got a lot of experience. I think he's racked up over uh, 300 tackles in his career uh, at, at Oregon State, and he's just a really uh, just polished college football player. And I think the biggest thing that LSU needed, uh, you know, kind of after this big initial wave of transfers and freshmen was uh, to really reevaluate their roster and, 
kind of, I think, come to the conclusion that they have that they needed another body at the linebacker room. I mean, uh, when you're looking at this room right now as it's constructed, you have Greg Penn returning back as a starter. Uh, Harold Perkins is a guy that you're going to throw all over the field. So you'll have him some inside, but you'll have him a lot on the outside as well. That's what Matt House told us uh, after the bowl or even before the bowl game uh, is that they, they're, they're going to use Harold strengths and that's and that is getting mm-hmm. him into the backfield and, and disrupting quarterbacks and, uh, and and offenses in the backfield. So with that being in mind, you have, you know, West Weeks, who's a returner. Uh, and then you have a couple freshmen in, in Wit Weeks uh, and um, uh, Christian Brathwaite right now, who are the two uh, freshman signees. Um, I think they have Wit Weeks on campus. I don't believe they have Brathwaite yet, um, but it's just not a lot of depth right there, and that's not a lot yeah. of returning, you know, quality depth that you would hope for in a linebacker room that's hoping to, you know, be a part of a defense that's competing for a championship next year, and so. Bringing in a veteran guy like Spates would absolutely fill a huge hole there in the middle of that defense. I think he'd be a great, uh, you know, fit next to Greg Penn, and uh, you know, certainly you hope maybe one of the Weeks brothers or or one of these young guys also can prove uh, that they're capable of of, uh, of taking some snaps and, and getting into the rotation as well. But uh, you certainly feel a lot better about your chances if you're able to land a guy like Spates because he's a guy who's played a lot of football and, and has a lot of experience. And two, Glenn, it's one of those things, he can help bridge the the knowledge gap. I mean, even though he hasn't played in the system that LSU may run under Matt House, it's one of those things where you bring in a veteran guy, um, I think he would have one year remaining, if, that, if I'm correct in that. So we have one year. Whether it's one of the Weeks brothers, whether it's, you know, a guy that we don't know yet, that maybe another, you know, guy they bring in. I mean, this is something where I think that you see it's a plus-plus in either way. I think it allows you to shore up the interior uh, on the defense while also allowing Harold Perkins to do what Harold Perkins does. And you kind of mentioned that. I mean, how beneficial, we don't have to get too much into it, is it to make Harold Perkins and put him in the best spot possible? We saw that this past year. It has to be done. Yeah, absolutely. And look, Matt House is not only the defensive coordinator, he's a linebackers coach. And so him being in that room, I think he knows best what's, you know, kind of what's best suited for Harold. Um, and I think that you know, the it's doesn't take a lot of film watch to see that he can get into the <laughs> backfield like really no other player can. Uh, he had a just a tremendously special freshman year. Um, and his strength is getting and disrupting quarterbacks and getting in the backfield for tackles for loss and uh, making those game-changing kinds of plays. And you can certainly do that as an inside linebacker. You can certainly get into the to the backfield from that spot. But um, I, you're, you're going to want to be versatile with a guy like Perkins who is just so fast and so athletic and so strong at, at doing what he does best. And so, yeah, having, having guys that are, are ready to take more of an inside role uh, guys that you trust, uh, it's going to be, you know, a big part of this off season, I think in, in terms of the defense and what kind of you, you need to see, uh, unfold there. I think, uh, you know, you, you look across this roster, uh, defensive line is, has certainly gone through some, uh, some attrition and they got some new transfers in here. Secondary has brought in a lot of transfers. So there's going to be a lot of moving pieces with this defense in the spring, um, and I think that you're you're, you're going to see a situation here where LSU has a couple of foundational pieces that they really trust in Perkins and a healthy Mason Smith and Makai Wingo. 
Um, but there's a lot of other kind of up and balls in the air right now. Uh, safety, mm-hmm. You could throw safety Greg Brooks into that mix as well, uh, Major Burns. Uh, but there, there's a lot, you know, in terms of outside corner and inside linebacker and, uh, you know, on the edge, certainly at, at edge rusher uh, that needs to be hammered out this spring. And, and you, you're going to get a good look at a lot of different options. Now, we know that the portal is going to open back up. Um, I believe April 15th is that day it opens back up for for a small period of time. And while we don't know right now what LSU may be looking for, look, spring practice is going to determine a lot of that. Maybe some guys feel like they don't haven't won a job and want to look elsewhere. But Chris Humber did a great article that talked about the winners and losers of the portal. And I kind of went in to ask this Sonny earlier in the week, and I wanted to ask you the same thing. I mean, look, I don't think that it's a problem that LSU has been aggressive in the portal. I think that they've handled it well. I sit in the camp if you don't want to build your whole roster through the transfer portal. You want to have those foundational pieces but, Glenn, I mean, look, when you can add the quality of players they've added, especially in that defensive back room, I mean, I know, look, Chris Hummer's the transfer portal guru. Who are we to say? But I agree with him. I, I do see them being winners so far through this portal cycle. Yeah, I, I do too. And you're still playing catch-up at a, at a bunch of spots. I mean, look, cornerback, if you hadn't aggressively gone after cornerback in the room, you were still – you were going to be relying on true freshmen, essentially, and and – uh, LaTerrence Welch, she was a returner, seven banks, who just hasn't been able to stay healthy yet in his career since coming over from Ohio State. And uh, even at Ohio State, he had some injury issues. So, you know, going after those guys in the portal was absolutely needed, um, you know, whether it's Zy Alexander, Denver Harris, um, you know, Deuce Chestnut. I mean, they have, you know, four or five guys here that they can really trot out and get a good look at. Um, and and I, I like what they did just because not – you know, not only do you address a position of need, you also get guys who could be around for a couple of years. You know, that was yeah. the problem this last year is they got a bunch of guys who, you know, were going to be gone after this year. And so mm-hmm. you had to retool again. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. It was their first year and they had to kind of scramble to put a good, to put together a really good roster. Um, but now you've kind of had a year to evaluate a year to really look at how you want to build this thing. Uh, what you've seen on the field, the types of athletes you need at that position in the SEC. Uh, and and I think they they did a really nice job of filling that out in the secondary. It's going to be really interesting to see which one of those guys really pops. I'm a, you know, I'm big on Zy Alexander. I think that's mm-hmm. just going to be a really underrated move. Uh, a guy who could have a really big impact. He's long. He's about six foot three at the cornerback spot. That's you just don't see too many of those guys. Uh, come become available and there were a lot of SEC teams that were going after him so you know it's 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 not just the in-state school that really wanted him and saw that talent so uh, yeah I, I think LSU knocked it out of the park in the in the secondary and you know defensive line I'm still a little bit uncertain for I mean they got Parrish Shan, Braden Swinson, Jalen Lee just to name a couple but um, you know, I think they, you know, Ovi, uh, I'm going to butcher this last name. But <laughs> Ovi, I'm just going to call him Ovi from Texas. That's what Sonny I did. We just said yeah. Ovi. Ovi, if you want to call yeah, him. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was a really nice pickup on the edge. So, mm-hmm. uh, you, again, you're just going to have bodies out there. And I think that's the most important thing for spring is just getting the guys out there, seeing which ones stick, which ones, uh, you know, you think you can rely on heading into the offseason and kind of building your scheme around that. Yeah, and I love what you said. I mean, look, I get excited about the plug-and-play type of guys that you can bring in. Deuce Chestnut, these guys that have had really good resumes. Uh, but, you know, some of these younger guys, that, like a guy like Denver Harris, you know, Sonny and I were talking earlier in the week about this, and, and I'm sure you, you kind of echo the same thing, is you know, he's not a true freshman anymore. He's play, He's got some games under his belt, but there's still a lot of things you can develop him to 
make him, you know, that five-star player that he was coming out of high school. Uh, and, and, man, I'm, I'm with you. Zion Alexander, I think that we could look a year from now, and if we grade the portal, I think he's going to be one of the guys that grades out a little bit higher because there is a sense that he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Now a chance, you know, he's, he put on tape, hey, I can play, and now all these SEC schools came calling. And then, obviously, the home state school, who does, you know, that, that gets you going a little bit too. Uh, when you look at this transfer portal, I'll ask you, and I know we don't know, um, it's interesting to monitor, it's interesting to watch. If you had to pick one position that you'd like to see another addition at um, pre-spring practice, because we don't know what's going to happen, where would you go with it? And if you don't have anything in mind, where do you think they want to go with it? Yeah, as far as pre-spring practice, I uh, you know I'm, I'm going to kind of go around your your question here, but there we go. There uh, go. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm going to be looking kind of towards the end of spring practice and just mm-hmm. kind of which guys, you know, which areas maybe. Uh, suffer a couple injuries which uh, areas maybe they feel like they need to really stock up and improve on or you know could be at risk of losing a guy you know after the spring when everything kind of plays out you know during that session and uh, I'm looking at the you know running back spot you know I think there's certainly uh, a possibility that you lose one maybe two of those guys uh, yeah, maybe not two. I, w- I would say one, maybe just one after the spring session. Um, and you know, do you want to replace that guy with another portal addition? Um, you know, that that certainly could be an option. Um, you know, I, I think offensive line, you can never have too much help on the offensive line. That was probably the one position that I thought uh, they might hit the portal at. Uh, pretty hard, but they didn't really add a whole ton of talent. I don't believe on the offensive line in the transfer portal. Uh, they they focus really heavily on the freshmen uh, in that respect, and I, I you know I, I just think that you know you you can never predict injuries, especially up front uh, mm-hmm. in the trenches when those guys are are just beating on each other for you know sixty minutes in a game. Um, yeah, they didn't add anybody from the offensive mm-hmm. line during this portal cycle, so. You know, I, that, that could be an option if you, you find a veteran that enters his name in the portal late uh, that you could go in there and throw an extra body in. So I think there's some options there. Uh, but between now and spring, I don't think you're going to see a lot of tinkering with this roster. I think they've filled a lot of needs uh, and that they can feel comfortable with going into the spring. Uh, and, and, and I think all eyes are obviously going to be on these quarterbacks too and uh, making sure that, you know, Garrett Nussmeyer is – getting those reps and is feeling like a big part of the future here. Um, that to me is one of the most key things of mm-hmm. anything this off season is making sure that you hold on to him uh, and that the future still looks really bright for this quarterback room. Yeah. Look, and you know, there's other news surrounding a former quarterback that we're not going to dive into because the comment section will let us have it for that. But Hey, he's Glenn West. I'm Bryce Kuhn. This has been another edition of the go 24 seven podcast. If you enjoyed it, we hope you did drop us a like down below helps us in the algorithm. Make sure to subscribe to the channel completely free. And if you haven't already, we've got some great stuff coming up. Um, non-basketball related. We're going to keep talking about football. Glenn, we're what, 29, 28 days out from the start of baseball season as well, which I know fans are really excited for, and uh, you as well. You're excited for – look, I don't know about you, but I there's just something about hearing you know the ping of the uh, of the bat in uh, around February, March that makes me get out of the winter gloom. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, just wait until you get down here for a couple of games for Alex Ooh. Box. I mean, that's a – it's a pretty special venue to, to watch a baseball game, a college baseball game, especially come SEC time. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna get used to the kind of the midweek 
in February and March kind of games. And, and you, know, you kind of have to get through those to get to the really juicy stuff. But yeah, I mean, look, baseball is going to be really exciting to watch. Um, and yeah, I, I'm really looking forward. They get started next week with practice and everything. So that's going to be a really fun time. Yeah. And I think you're going to be talking, uh, you're going to have the chance to, to go up there and talk. And so we're going to have some great content coming out of that as well. Well, we appreciate you tuning in, whether it's audio, you're listening to us on your drive or workout or whatever you might be doing or watching over on YouTube. Make sure to follow us. Make sure to sign up for us at the Go 24-7, a VIP membership. Look, I'm, just, I'm telling you, you got the money to do it. It's worth it. We uh, would really appreciate that as well as it continues to support what we do. Thanks so much for tuning in. He's Glenn West. I'm Bryce Kuhn. We'll see you next time.